Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperood. You're trying to reach currently unavailable. Please leave a message after the beep. Yeah, that's not that weird. Don't listen to that British lady. <laughs> Leave us a message, please. That's not the right British lady. That's the wrong British lady. Imposter. It's imposter British lady. Hey, but you know what? I'm leaving a voice right now because I didn't (laughs) hang up the phone. You guys, we have good news. What is it? You can call us. God damn. That is good news. (laughs) Well, I mean, you can't call us, call us, but you could call us. Well, if I reinstall Skype on my cell phone. Oh, I guess there's that. Then it rings on my cell phone, and I could decide when I want to answer random listener calls. But then we won't get them on recording. Yeah, but I might have a nice conversation with someone. All right, guys, so here's the deal. About <laughs> 45 episodes ago? No, I don't know. It was, it was it even longer. It probably further. was, honestly, yeah. No, I think it was even least, further, though. Yeah. Like I think it was episode 10, 11, 12, something like that. We, uh, we said, hey, it would be cool if, as we talk about ghosts and aliens and philosophy and conspiracies, if people could call and weigh in and we could use the audio from their calls on the show. And so yes. many moons ago. It was uh, indeed a good idea that we had once upon a time. <laughs> it was. The, the problem was when we started the show a year and a half ago, nobody was really listening to it. <laughs> so <Heck>. we... <laughs> I can't I can't decide if I like that one it, more or heck. That's I mean that's the classic, but heck. <laughs> it's a little more agitated. Yeah, yeah. For when things are really getting bad. Maybe maybe we should just get an assortment of hex so we can hack in so many different ways to communicate so many different if things. If anyone has any suggestions, hi at whatifpodcast.com for uh for, things for, I can pull the word heck from. A heck drop. This comes from Rocco's Modern Life. Heck. <laughs> Which is <laughs> Such a deep cut. There were a bunch of other good ones, but they all had music over them. That was the only one I could grab. Got it, got it, got it. Um, but but yeah, so there wasn't anybody listening when we said, hey, we have a phone number. You can call us and leave a voicemail. Um, but now there's actually kind of a shit ton of you. Yeah, And we thanks, just guys. found out recently that uh, that our phone number works still. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> I... I recorded a voicemail, uh, like message for it once. That was like, "Hey, you know, leave your uh, leave your name and your last uh, initial, and uh, you last know, last four of your social, <laughs> yeah, right, home address, home address, security code on the back of your visa." <laughs> no, but we just said like, "Hey, you know, if you want to say anything on the show or about the show, like we'll probably play your shit uh, if you have a story or whatever, and it's more fun because it's audio." Um, so that voicemail somehow got removed from the Skype. I don't entirely know what Uh-oh. happened, but the British lady, the imposter British lady that you just <laughs> she heard brought us back from the dead. She brought us back from the dead. If you disregard what she's saying about that number not being set up. No, it, she says to leave a message. Yeah, I know. But she said this number has not been set up. Please no, leave a message. No, it says we're unavailable, which is true. I'm not available for random strangers oh, phone calls. Well, I guess that's true. Okay. Even though we love you guys. Yes. But, but I, I guess we have it, jobs. <laughs> We can't just talk about aliens all the time. We can only talk about it sometimes. Not with that attitude, we can't. <laughs> um, well, maybe we'll have to end up doing a live show where people can call in and we'll answer. <gasps> Ooh, that's what we'll do for the next Facebook Live. Anyway, 612-246-4614. That's 612-246-4614. Nobody cares. Yes, you do. I, we want you guys to call and leave us voicemails if you feel like it, because... Uh, what happened was, what had happened was, we had, um, what, six, seven, eight since we checked it last and didn't realize that it was still functioning. I apologize. So, <laughs> Spencer's just crushing it over here it's on the It's been a while, man. It's, it feels right. It feels right. Feeling it. He's feeling it today. Good. I'm glad. Um, but yeah, anyway, if you guys want to call and tell us a story, we've had people call and tell us stories. What's that phone number again that I haven't bothered to memorize in a year and a half? That is 612 612- Two four six four six one four. Does that spell anything cool? Um, no, I think I just liked the rhythm of the numbers. Mm. Like it feels kind of six one two two four six four six one four. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah do. Um, so yeah, Whoa. give us a call and maybe we'll play your thing and we'll and we'll uh, we'll have like a, a one sided conversation with you. Also, uh, while playing your fucking story. If you listened to our Patreon episode last week, 
and yeah. heard the guy who left us a voicemail telling us about how we needed to repent and oh, stop wor- worshiping Satan, and he sees through our lies. Yikes! Please don't leave us voicemails like that because it it makes me feel bad. Yeah, we <laughs> we had a we had like a hard. I think we had a hard break during that show where we looked at each other and we were like, we just got to move on, right? Like, yeah, okay. Do we well, cancel the show? <laughs> Do we? Are we in danger? <laughs> face your fears, son. Uh, yes. God, speaking of face your fears, should we talk about our Twitter troller? Which one of you is it, you motherfuckers? Oh, man. Which one of you is it? Okay. Go so ahead. So I have, I have uh, a bit of a story about that that series of tweets that we received Ooh. on, what day was that, Sat- Saturday? Not entirely sure. I think it was Saturday morning. It carried through a couple days. So uh, I was in, I was in Los Angeles this past weekend. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I woke up on, I'm, I think it was Saturday, Saturday morning. Yep, yep. And looked at my phone to see what time it was and if I needed to get up. And I had uh, two notifications. One was that I had received a whole bunch of tweets from some Twitter account called 2109. And the other was that uh, my my roommate for the weekend had mentioned me in their Instagram story. So I, I looked at the 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 series of tweets first, which Ryan, do you have them pulled up? Yes. Okay. I looked at these tweets and then uh I looked at the Instagram mention, which was um this person I was staying with had opened our fridge and seen that in the fridge of our Airbnb was something roughly uh I would say about two feet by maybe a foot and a half rectangular shaped. Wrapped in a burlap sack Mm-mm. with a note on the top that said, please do not touch. Nope. Absolutely not. So, no, thank you. I now stay at a different Airbnb first, and or on the streets. First thought Saturday morning upon awakening is there's some part of someone's body in the fridge of my Airbnb. Second thought is someone from the year 2109 is contacting me to warn me about a beacon that they have sent. And to alert Ryan and I that we are in danger. Ryan and me, that we are in danger. Uh, do you have the tweets? So, it's even weirder. They deleted them? Or are you serious? Most of them? I screenshotted them. That's good. I can pull it up. Um, so, if you guys recall the, uh, I don't remember what we called that episode, but the the episode where we talked about the vertical plane and the, and the gentleman the who- The time-traveling computer conversation- Excuse me. The gentleman who was, yeah, talking to people both from the past and future through a, a computer in his apartment. And uh, 2109 was one of the entities slash maybe someone from 2109 who was trying to get in contact with him. Yes. And we made some jokes about trying to contact 2109 in that episode. So on Saturday morning, we received some tweets from the Twitter account at... Who joked right back? <laughs> at... <laughs> underscore one underscore 2109 that started with at what if pod i have the answers so i'm intrigued right away you ain't got the answer sway oh <laughs> uh, we can't reference him anymore dude i, I didn't even feel comfortable playing kanye's music this weekend there were a couple times where i was like oh this would be a great blender i can't oh. do it <laughs> I, had skip pulled, it. Homie. I had to skip it um next I've not much time to share with you, so they're they're British apparently. They'll find me soon. I don't think I've is necessarily. No, British. it is. No one can no one contracts that in the in these United States. <laughs> time is of the essence. I've been found. Time is near an end for me. The agreement between North and South will be short lived. Okay, so here's topical. Yeah, there's my first inclination that you're full of shit. You're referencing something that happened like the day before. No one. Uh, you're not from the future if you're talking about today. That's what I'm saying. 90 years from now, no one is referencing day-to-day history of something that probably will not be very meaningful in the bigger scope of history. So first of all, we don't, believe, we don't believe you. You need more people. Um, next tweet, they're coming for me. Help. I can't help you, random Twitter person. Also, you're freaking me out. You would help me by going away right now. <laughs> Third, <laughs> I've broken rules before, but I carried favor then. I'm an outsider now. No protection. Still don't care about your situation, 2109. 
They're close. They've intercepted all my other attempts to communicate with this plane. Now you're talking about planes. I'm back in. But they won't <laughs> find this. This avenue is too obvious. They won't monitor it. I've only a few minutes, he says after tweeting three hours apart. Maybe less. I attempted to reach Spencer before. He sensed my beacon but did not see me. So now I'm thinking, was the beacon the burlap sack of dead children parts inside the fridge? Or was it your UFO experience you talked about two episodes ago or three episodes ago? More reasonable. Although, you know, at this point I'm I'm deciding to probably just stay in in my room all day anyway for fear of of death by burlap sack and astral plane projections. Mm Mm-hmm. Pay close mm-hmm, attention. Pay close attention to this decree. You're using unnecessarily flowery language for the future. <laughs> the answer is beyond the gate. The answer to all questions. The, the truth to all that sack, is. Bro, so, you had to dive into it. <laughs> okay. There was a discussion in the living room of my Airbnb about 20 minutes later about whether or not there was a portal inside of our refrigerator that you had to go into, and if we should investigate further, despite did, the signs. Directions. Did you think about it? Did you did you literally consider it? Yes, that's tight. <laughs> yeah, we, hey, we shout it. out to whoever that Twitter troll is. You made Spencer consider getting in his refrigerator. Hey man, you you made me and a, and to you at least a couple total strangers have a conversation about whether or not there was a portal inside their refrigerator. So that's gr- that's great hashtag content. You, whoever you didn't do nothing. Did that. You didn't do nothing. <laughs> Uh, I must go. They are here. Forgive me. I could not prevent what is to come. Don't true. Yo, you know my favorite part about the mid, don't true was. I like that. I like the concept of somebody mm-hmm. getting cut off mid tweet, but still being able to hit that tweet button. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, hey. Yes, we are roasting whoever made this, but but also only, thank you for the entertainment. Only lovingly. Yeah. So they really de- deleted the rest of those? Because there were more after that that I didn't screenshot. The rest are gone. It says tweets aren't loading. I can't tap to reload it. A couple of the responses are there, but there's no like none of the originals son I could find. Son of a bitch. But heck, heck indeed. <laughs> but anyway, um, thank you indeed, y'all, for the free we enjoy uh, ENT. Dumb Twitter games. We do indeed. Um, I guess one more one more announcement before we dive into the world of herbs. The secret life of plants. The secret life of herbs. Uh is uh fucking last week's uh Patreon episode is uh is free. Oh yeah, go get that. Go get that. Uh it's a really funny one. If I we, do say so myself. We had a we had a gad dang blast uh on Friday um doing a doing a Patreon and we kind of decided that uh once every you know six weeks or so we'll make one of them available just so y'all can see it's a little bit how uh, fucking good we are at this podcast game. <laughs> I think it's a little bit more of just like a different flavor uh, no, than no, the free episode. I'm sticking with my original statement, okay, but fair. you do you. Do you. Fine, fair. Uh, we which, can have different motivations for th- this. It's okay. By the way, thank you, Lewis. It it is the free. This is the free episode. Uh, I guess that's the best way to do it. So the so the free episode uh, is the one you'll see to now, and uh, the Patreon episode is the one that comes out on Fridays. And yeah, we we had a good ass time with it. It's uh it's free, so if you want it, uh, go get it. Go to patreoncom slash podcast and give it a listen. There's like forty some episodes additionally of the show over there, and also a big thank you to uh to Jonathan and Elizabeth and Los Mike. And Amanda and Jared and Katie and Riley and Michael and Samantha and holy shit, a shitload of people fucking uh, joined the Patreon this week. So fucking holy shit. Hey. <laughs> shouts out to all of you. Thank y'all for uh, supporting the show. And uh, yeah, we hope y'all dig it. We, we had a good time with that one. And we hope you guys do too. Ryan. Yeah, man. Can plants talk to each other? Fucking for sure they can. Can they talk to us? We're going to... Well, so, okay, yes, but I don't know. Okay. Dude, Dude. this one this one is like a very... This is one's close to my heart. I'm going to just say some stuff, and then you interject whenever you have things to say about it. Um, or whenever you have something better to say than what I'm currently saying, okay? I, Starting with... Okay, so the story... <laughs> Fair. No, that's <laughs> hey man. If you feel strongly, right now is your time. Now is no, your no, time no. to shine. Get no, in go there. ahead. No, go ahead. I want. I want you to. I want you to kick things off, and we'll and we'll figure it out. Did you know that plants compose ninety nine percent of the biomass on planet Earth? Um, 
I didn't know that stat. Well, define biomass. Uh, the total mass of living things on the planet. Hmm. I mean, I guess that makes sense. There's some pretty obese trees out there. Just big, big boys. Big, <laughs> it's a big son of a bitch. Big mama. <laughs> you ever seen them redwoods? Mm. Mm. That's mm. a big bitch. That's a lot of that's a lot of <laughs> whales in one in one tree. That's true though. Um, there are probably a lot more trees than there are whales, though. That is how many whales are there? Like a couple nearly hundred? Nearly a guarantee. <laughs> I'm I'm bad at most things, but I think there are definitely more trees in the world than there are whales. All right, that was that was all I had. Go ahead. That that was the extent of your research for today. That was it. Well, hey man, I counted up the entire mass of all living things on the planet. Yeah, it must have taken you a while, man. Yeah, dude. You must have not done anything. In, well, look, uh, if you're not prepared to do the research, Brian, why make the statement in the first place? I, make- I like that that's the first time you've just truly roasted yourself with that one. Mm-hmm. Even though it says your name on it. Um, did you call that me? Huh? What, did you call that me? Well, look, if you're not prepared to do the research, Brian, why make the statement it's in the Brian. first place? Mm. Brian. Mm. Brian. Whatever. Brian. If I call you Brian, it'll work. What you know about Cleve Baxter, bro? Oh, he's a crazy son of a bitch. I like him, though. <laughs> he tried to give plants polygraph tests. I like him, though. <laughs> you know what the best part about Cleve is? His name? We have the same birthday. Okay. Yo! <laughs> that's that's really the best part? Yo! <laughs> His name is Grover Cleveland Cleve Baxter Jr. That's the worst name I ever heard. I don't know if I agree <laughs> with you. I think Grover Cleve. I like, like you know, Cleve's parents were like, "Who's the best president?" Grover Cleveland. <laughs> like wasn't even a wasn't even a question. <laughs> I mean, at least they they felt strongly about something. Yeah, they fucking did, and they bet their kid's life on it. Uh, he was born in 1924. He died uh, just just shortly ago, in 2013. Mm. So had a had a nice long life there. Now he's contributing to plant life. Uh, true, growing growing plants <laughs> himself. Uh, Cleve worked for the CIA, and uh, he pioneered this concept called primary perception, which in uh, in Cleve's writing he basically made the argument that he thought plants were more um i guess developed uh or more complex than we had maybe originally thought that they were not only that he also thought they were psychic let's not bury the lead here i mean my okay, guy thought i was going to get there but <laughs> my yes. guy thought that the plants could read his thoughts well yes yes <laughs> i mean i think that uh it's it's tough to me because, like, back then they would have called it something like ESP. But it's also... Yeah. But also, like, contemporarily we would look at that potentially a little bit differently. So we should... Also. I guess we should talk about what Cleve did yeah. first before we actually get too deep into it. Um, so, uh, so Cleve uh, spent his career as an interrogation specialist with the CIA. Of people or... Uh, well, yes, <laughs> yes, during his other career. Um, but after a certain period of time, he started to hypothesize that maybe some of the energetic readings that were subtly given off by the human body through the course of a polygraph test during the course of an interrogation, things that you are uh, supposedly not in control of, things like subtle electronic waves, um, Things like quickening heart rate, things like that. So, so yeah, a polygraph measures your your rate of breathing, yes. your heart rate, your blood pressure, and the amount of moisture on your skin. I thought there was an electrical impulse thing too, or or do the tools read those things using electrical impulses? Is that what it is? Yeah, you there are electrodes placed on the skin That's that give is. you those four readouts. Okay, got it. Yes, and then anything else, any other information gleaned is based on what can be interpreted from those four readings. Okay. So you might be lying if you sweat a lot more and your heart rate goes up when asked a specific question, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how any of that applies to plants, however, as I don't think plants breathe, have hearts, or sweat, but I could be wrong. 
Um, well, I think that it was potentially his his desire to say that like look, there's water inside of plants, so maybe uh between like electricity and water there's there's a reading that I can glean from them that would be similar to a human response somehow significant. That would be somehow significant. Scientifically significant. Okay. Um so um <laughs> Cleve uh, decided... <laughs> he fucking sent it, bro. He fucking <laughs> sent it, bud. Uh, Cleve decided to hook up a Dracaena cane plant to a polygraph test system. Oh, oh, I'm gonna do it! He did do her. We have, and some, we have some audio from that experiment. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's him running in circles around the lab. Oh, I'm getting given, boy! <laughs> uh... Cleve said that he started to imagine burning the leaves of the plant. I'm not gonna lie, man. Cleve sounds like a fucking psychopath. Cleve does sound a little bit goofy. Can we get sued for slandering dead people, or is that how does that law work? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think okay. we can. I don't think it's slander if we just say he sounds a little goofy, right? I mean, I would say that's putting it mildly. He sat in a room full of plants that he attached electrodes to and then thought about lighting them on fire mm -hmm. to see if they could read his thoughts. Mm -hmm. Okay, just clarifying. Yep, yep. yep. Um, and then came to the conclusion that they could. <laughs> yes, Cleve did. Cleve, Cleve did. He, he believed that his, uh, his imagining of plants burning uh, caused an electrical current, some sort of um, fight-or-flight reaction that made the plants... Uh, I think he does. Oh, the plant register. I was going to say, I wanted to say nervous, but I don't think he actually uses the word nervous. Uh, he says a stress response. Whoa, I'm nervous. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> um, he, he, th he thought that the plant actually expressed a, a stress reaction. So we know that, I mean, plants, plants create stress reactions all the time. We're going to talk about a bunch more of them later, but plants move and, and give off chemical scents and compounds and, change shapes and do all kinds of things related to stress. And so he believed True. he was capable of making that happen in plants with his fucking mind. Uh, he also thought that plants could remember things. Well. So he tested this just before we move on from Cleve. No, that's fine. I'm going to get into a, a an amazing study about plant memory that I think is phenomenal later. Perfect. Uh, Cleve thought that if other plants had witnessed someone, quote, murder a plant, which he did by stomping on it. Define witnessed. Uh, well, we're in the vicinity of, so he would... I just feel like there's a, there's a, there's a very specific requirement for witnessing something. Being able is, to perceive visually? I was going to say fucking eyeballs. Right. <laughs> um, so he would take a plant, I guess surround it with other plants, and then stomp it to death. Look at me! <laughs> you look. <laughs> you look at me while I stomp your brothers. God damn! Look me in my eyes. He's just jumping on a potted plant. Yes, it, like I mean, yeah, I know. He, he thought that the other plants then later would be able to pick out the quote unquote killer from a lineup of six quote unquote suspects, regist registering a surge of electric electrical activity when the murderer was brought before them. Mm. He said that the plants also displayed a strong aversion to interspecies violence. What so did they? If, for instance, a pea plant witnessed him eating a strawberry, it huh. would become upset. You said pea? Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. Um... We're not we're not doing our friend Art Bell any favors, but Cleve was a regular guest on the Coast to Coast uh, oh, really? AM show. Although apparently yeah, during the those. period of George Nuri, oh, just not as good. Yeah, that's uh, that's all anyone ever says. I it, I, I don't it, it really took a, know it. A significant step down in quality once Art left. Uh, there's an interesting quote uh, in this article about uh, biologist Arthur Galston, who was a, a biologist who was basically reacting to Cleve Baxter's claims, and he said, quote, 
Uh, this is from an article in the St. Petersburg Times. He said, quote, we know plants don't have nervous systems, but they do have little electrical currents flowing through them and are subject to outside manipulation. He further said that plants can show altered electrical responses to light, chemical agents, and disease, but he, quote, draws the line to the claim of them, quote, responding to human thoughts and events, including life elimination. That's from the Wikipedia article about Cleve himself. Uh, have, have you watched the Mythbusters episode where they test this? Um, I have not seen it. I was aware that there is one of them. I think it's cool that it at least garnered enough controversy for the Mythbusters guys to be like, nah, fuck it, let's give it a shot. Well, and they they do get some readings from it. But they said that ultimately it was busted? So the, the way they set it up, they took a plant and attached some electrodes to it, and they used the exact same model of uh, polygraph machine that Cleve used. Got it. Like time period and such. No, like literally the same model. Got it. And... They then uh, tried a variety of things of, like, hitting the plant, spraying it with stuff, and then also just thinking about doing terrible things to it. Do a shit! (laughs) All right. Stop being a punk. (laughs) Oh, I hate your little nuts, you little green green piece of shit. (laughs) Now that he just sat there and thought about setting it on fire. Oh, I'm going to burn your shit! (laughs) I think you hit every button on the fucking NPC tonight, bro. I got a few left. All right. Hey. Hey. Hey, hey, let me do my job. Yeah. I think it's funny. I keep it up. About a third of the time they got a response on the polygraph based on what they were doing. I mean, that alone is statistically significant. Is it? Yes. I don't know how statistics work. Statistically significant would be like, uh, it wouldn't have to be more than half of the time, but to get any reaction at all that are, regularly. Are you accounting for other possible interference though? Like there are two people in the room. You're, well, you're, the, in, in, the you're experiment making, itself should be. You're making physical contact with the plant that may register in ways other than the plant screaming, ow, you hit me. You know, like you're tran- you're literally transferring energy to the plant. I would think an electrode might register that somehow. But you're not but you're not touching it. In some cases they were. Well, that's different. Yeah. The ones where you're thinking about setting it on fire are a little weird. Yeah. But even like there are so many things oh, these days that watch you burn. That, that can create electrical interference with something like Yeah, I mean, granted like a true scientific experiment should be accounting for all or the vast majority of those, but you know sure. what you know what aren't true scientific experiments? Mythbusters episodes, or what Cleve was doing, or what Cleve was doing. Considering that he nor anyone else was able to reproduce his findings later on, except for the Mythbusters, sort of occasionally, yeah, <laughs> under equally unscientific or probably yeah. even less scientific settings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think we did we did ourselves a disservice. Well, no, actually, sometimes we do it this way. We started by telling the tale of the most ridiculous version of this, and we're going to yeah. get far more, uh, well, I don't know. I think it's also one of the, the more familiar versions of this. I guess that's true, and the reason that I wanted, and I, the reason that I said Cleve's name first is because in many ways his experimentation from like the 40s and 50s contributed to a lot of the, uh, like the general cultural groupthink around like, Psychic oh, wait. Plants. Is well, not necessarily second plants, but just the just calling into question are plants potentially more complex yeah. and potentially more uh, fucking sentient than we think they are. Like biologically, we have a very specific understanding of them, but we don't have a complete understanding of them. And is it possible that they are in fact more more complex than we have thought up to this point? Yes, and that kicked off much uh much research about this topic tell me about plant memories not necessarily about uh about esp specifically um but i would like to fast forward many years in fact uh right around to the year that uh cleave himself uh kicked the bucket if you will r.i.p cleave r.i.p cleave great great good good shot 
Good was, try. I was going to push a button, and I didn't, Ryan. I'm showing restraint. <laughs> Spencer's been making beats all day, so he's really used to hitting buttons on that thing. He's like, let's do this. Yeah, bro. Let's make a hex Super beat ready. out of both the hex. <laughs> it's real light on plant material today, so I figured I'd hit more buttons. That sounds about right. Um, I'd like to introduce you to Monica Gagliano. Are you familiar with Monica? What up, Monica? <laughs> Shout out to the proverbial Monica Gagliano. Are you familiar with Monica at all? No, I'm not. Not that one, at least. So Monica Gagliano is a uh, research associate professor in evolutionary ecology. She's also an adjunct senior research fellow at the University of Western Australia. And she is also a research affiliate at the Sydney Environment Institute at the University of Sydney. Damn, Monica. So really out here. Monica is, I would say, severely more intelligent than you and I put together times a thousand. She's way the fuck out here. Way the fuck out here. Um, and Monica's whole field of study her entire life has been uh, on plants. And specifically, I would like to read a section of her website. Please do. She talks about her focus of study being plant cognition. And she says, plant cognition is a new and exciting field of research directed at experimentally testing cognitive abilities of plants, including perception, learning processes, memory, and consciousness. The emerging framework holds considerable implications for the way we perceive plants as it redefines the traditional, traditionally held boundary between animals and plants themselves. I have a question that if, if now is not the time... I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, what... Do we have a good definition of intelligence? Other than stuff that humans do that no one else does? I mean, we can go there now. I feel like that is a really good way to end this whole conversation. Cool, I'll hold on to it. Okay, but like, yes, I think that's where all of this leads. Got it. The future is just plants and robots, and we're gone. Fucking probably, man. (laughs) Honestly, we're fucking meat sacks. (laughs) We're just a bunch of meat sacks. Okay, we'll come Um, back to that. Yeah, I mean, hold that in your head as we talk about this stuff, because I Do think my best. really what Monica, what Monica's work, I'm going to go through a handful of Monica's, uh, um, Monica's experiments so we could talk about some of the things that she's found. I'm going to describe her things less scientifically and more generally because I'm not a fucking scientist and you guys usually make fun of me when I try to be sciencey, so I'm going to fucking not try to be too sciencey. <laughs> so we're going to be intentionally dumb as fuck. Exactly. I'm not going to try to be too sciencey, so y'all don't roast Double our dollars. Um, <laughs> they criticized me for it, but they all yell, hi, guys. <laughs> Thanks for talking about aliens. Um, so one of one of Monica's early experiments that she tried was, so you know how, um, so, okay, so we both live in, uh, we both live in South Minneapolis. You know how uh, there's, know there's yes. a lot of trees around here. Many trees, bro. Many trees, bro. Uh have you ever have you ever had a, a backup in your water line that goes out of your house like a like oh, a clog or a plug? Of roots and such roots and such? Uh, not here, but I'm familiar with this concept. You're familiar with the concept. So mm-hmm. this happens in many urban environments, especially ones with lots of trees. Um, but uh, we have we have lots of trees in South Minneapolis, and a very common thing that you have to do is you have to uh, you have to drill not drill, but I don't, I don't entirely know what the word would be. But you have to basically send a roto rooter through your water pipe because so often uh, tree roots get into your your water pipe, either going out or into your house, and it causes stoppages in uh in, in your shit. Dumbass trees, go and around. Don't don't yell at them, man. They're gonna get their feelings hurt. Right. Sorry, guys. Don't imagine the trees burning, bro. <laughs> um. So. Uh, basically one of the things that Monica wanted to test was there was this suspicion that basically trees move towards water, right? But the idea being, how do they know? Is it just something where tree roots are in soil and they can kind of get a thirsty, they thirsty, right? So is it that they can kind of, there are semblances of water in certain locations. And so they move towards the water because they can sense the water that's not use, touching them but further away they probably just use dousing rods under they, they use 
twigs that fall off yeah. of their tree as their yeah. own dowsing rods. Yeah, yeah, they just I, hold two of them, and then it points to where the where the wet is. Got it. Points you to the wet. I suppose if you've got uh, if you got a lot of branches, you don't even need to hold. They the have board. so many arms, dude. Dude, built in, built in dowsing rods. Saying, um, but she wanted to know if it's more than that, right? If it's more than just the uh, more than just the actual like sensing something in the soil, like. Maybe it's damper on one side of the tree, and that's why the why the leaves go in that, or excuse me, the roots go in that direction to go hunt the water down. And so what she did was she did an experiment where she planted a plant, let it grow, and then carved two holes out of the side of this potted plant. And on either side of it, she put two pipes. And one side, she had circulating water going through at all times. And then the other one... It was dry. And then over time, she checked to see the migration and growth of the roots of this plant and found that over 50% of the roots had moved towards the pipe with water going through it. Over, like how much over 50? I don't have the exact number, but it was a stat- statistically significant enough for her to have been published with this in like many a scientific magazine. She's got all her okay. publications listed on her website. So not like 51. I don't think it was 51. I think okay. it was somewhat more than that. At least 52. 50, at least 52. Um, so that was sort of like V1 of her going, hmm, what does it know? I mean, you know, you could make the argument, well, is it condensation on the outside of the pipe? Is it... Uh, you know, can it somehow sense it through the pipe? Like, why Why would it be knowing to grow in the direction of where the running water is? Is it possible that, talking ancient alien speak, is it possible, and if so, uh, that they just grow more where it is wetter because there are more, they need water in order to grow? Well, yes, but the idea was that this thing was self-contained in a pot and the pipe was separate from the pot itself. So the hole was cut and the pipe was near it, adjacent to it, but not actually touching the soil itself. Because the idea was to create a barrier between the actual pipe with the water and the soil itself. Because it makes sense that a tree would go towards where the soil is damper, right? I mean, that's just that's just its natural right. way of growing towards what's going to sustain it. But her idea was that for some reason, it was able to sense where it was even beyond the separation. Hmm. She did a V2 of this. Kept the pipes there, but both dry. New plant. It's rude. Cut holes. <laughs> yeah. I'm stopping here, <laughs> huh? Um, and this time, put an MP3 player on one side of the, of the plant, playing silence. So, for a control, silence coming out of the MP3 player. On the other side, okay. she played the sound of running water. Mm-hmm. And after, I think it was three weeks' time, came back to check the root development, and a similar percentage of the roots of this plant had moved towards the sound of running water. So the roots were growing in the direction of that instead of the other side of the, of the plant. <laughs> I know. I agree. That doesn't even... That doesn't even make sense to me, though, because water wouldn't be running underground in the vicinity of a plant very often, right? It just gets absorbed into the soil. You're not going to hear, like, dripping, running water underground. Well, but think about, I mean, think about rivers or bodies of water and trees that grow around bodies of water. You could also think yeah, about... Yeah, but that's a, a... Underwater trick. I mean, there's underwater trickles and, and like... Pardon? You know, like there's like not running water, like not fucking underwater underground waterfalls and shit like that, but like there's underground like movement of water, water tables and shit like that. And then what the implication is that the roots heard that? The implication so she says basically like she's not out here to say I know what's happening. Because if the trees are that smart, I wouldn't go around playing dumb pranks on them. They will probably murder you. Well. 
You tricked the tree into thinking that it was going to get water, and then it found your zoon instead. And it was thirsty as fuck. Yeah. And then it, it's going to use its last remaining energy to strangle you. To use those roots to strangle you. Yes. Absolutely. Um, Monica's still alive? Monica is still alive. Oh, okay. As far as I'm aware. She's still on a speaking tour. She's speaking at a lot of universities. Good for her. Yeah. She's been published a lot. So Was she the same person who did the thing about dropping the plants? The Mimosa Pudica. Is that a yes? <laughs> I don't know. That what you is just the plant said. I believe you're referring oh, to. Okay. Okay. The uh, the uh, my Spanish is not as good as it once was. I don't well, know it's what actually. You're saying, bro. I think it's actually Latin. See, told you. Uh, <laughs> 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 Boom. Uh, the Latin uh, pudica means shy or bashful or shrinking. Uh, mimosa pudica is also known as the sensitive plant. The sleepy plant, the touch me not, the shame plant, which sounds terrible and sad. This thing is really, uh, it's got a lot going. Or the, uh, or the shy plant. Okay. It's basically it's a, a little very... flower with long leaves and it has a, so going back to what we were talking about earlier, like the stress mechanism of plants, it has a stress, stress mechanism that's a self-protectant where if you were to potentially brush up against it uh, or touch it in a way that it wasn't accustomed to, it would sh- basically shrink up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen, I've seen that guy. The leaves, like, kind of collapse in on itself. Right. So, yes, this is the same woman who did this same test. Do you know, do you know the entirety of that test or did you just know the I, reference? I think so. She dropped them repeatedly, and then after a few droppings... So when at first when she would drop them, they would close up. And then well, after she, a few times, they learned not to because they weren't actually in danger was her hypothesis. That was the hypothesis, yeah. So she created basically like a drop box with like a little kind of foam cushioned bottom. And she also seems kind of rude, but... It is. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop you a bunch did, of times. Why did she hate plants so much? I don't think she hates them. I actually think she likes them a lot. I think, I think a big a weird part way of her... It. Well, I think a big part of her, her stuff is like, you know, she's trying to... Trying to see what these guys are all about. I guess at least she didn't sit in a room by herself and think about setting plants on fire all day. So she's she's making progress. It's a little better, one way or another. She's making progress. Than fucking Clive. I mean, like Cleve to the to the Steve. To whatever the, that guy's name was. Bro, Grover Cleveland. Bro, Cleve. Right. Come on. Not bad. Um, the the so okay so to to our question, like can plants talk? Like what is what is a what is a plant doing when it closes up it's communication of some well i don't know it it's it's probably a protective i struggle with this too probably a protective thing and it seems like purely reactional until you get to something like this where if you do it enough then it seems to learn for lack of a better term to me like the hard thing about the closing up thing is just, I mean, take the, take the experiment away from it, that the closing up thing, and granted, I know that, like, a plant will grow towards sunlight, right? Like, that's a thing that plants will do because it's nutrition, but closing up when you get brushed by something as an evolutionary and instinctual behavior still feels like a, a, like a physical action related to an intention in the, in the way of self-protection, like that right. to me we, is crazy. Do we even know what mechanism is causing that? I like don't the, think the we whole do. concept of plants moving is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, like a Venus fucking flytrap is. Dude, carnivorous crazy. plants are a whole insane, a whole other side of this that I don't like even pretend to understand. No, I, there's I don't either. And we didn't pull any of that stuff together for this, but like fucking crazy. There's six hundred some varieties of carnivorous plants in the world. Fucking meat-eating plants, dude. So many parts of that are confusing to me. Like, A, the the awareness to recognize that there is a creature nearby or on you. Yes. So there has to be some system for detecting that. Yes. And or trapping animals somehow, because some of them... It's not, they're not all like Venus flytraps where they sense an animal and then like close around it. Some of them are just right. are more passive. But... A plant has a way to digest an animal? 
There's a great uh, there's a great Planet Earth episode where they do a, a deep dive onto one of the carnivorous plants where it basically is almost like a bell, like an inverted bell shaped thing. And the yeah, insects like fall in it and then falls can't in climb and back it's out. inside yeah, inside yeah, yeah. of this like acidic yeah. fucking hot tub that yeah, it gets digests digested. the bug. Right. But like that's fucking crazy. The fact that that's, that's what I'm real saying. is mind blowing to me. And because as far as I'm aware, plants and animals evolve totally separately, right? Well, what do you mean by totally separately? Like there was not ever a common ancestor to any animal and any plant, right? That's a that's a fantastic statement on this show. No, I do not believe so. <laughs> I'm sir. Just clarifying. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that's why we have different kingdoms of of living things, right? Right. Yeah, plant. Plant species versus animal species. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So then, how is it that some plants, but they, but they evolve together in the way of like in the same space? No, of course. But but I mean, I'm saying they were they relied on each other as evolution continued to happen. Some plants evolved. Right. 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 I'm just saying to deal with an animal. I guess. Yeah. They've probably influenced each other throughout yeah, the years. Yeah. Yeah. But how is it that? some plants are able to consume only some most plants are able to consume only like nutrients from like the sun and the soil and the water but some can and just others eat bees, eat bees? <laughs> yeah like wh- how and it's only 600 out of however millions of plant species there are in the world yeah man i don't know and then if that's possible why didn't other ones do that because that would seem like you would have way more access to nutrients if you were and allow you to live in a d- more diverse range of of settings if you could eat those dudes too yeah yes you can go without water for longer go without sunlight for longer yes live in harsher climates yes i'm basically just saying why am i so dumb and can someone explain this to me? I'm asking for bull shark emails, basically. Bull shark emails. Yeah. We did have, we were. If requ- anyone has the carnivorous plant version of bull shark emails for me, <laughs> our inbox is open. We did low key request a research assistant for a little while, and we, we actually had, got like five yeah, or six emails. This that, would have been a great time to hit up that biology person. Yeah, it would have. Sorry to everyone who hit us up and was like, I'll. I'll answer your guys' idiocies. And we were like, yeah, cool, sounds good. And then we didn't really do much of that. Well, they probably gave up on our show by now anyway. That's true. They're like, they're too dumb. <laughs> I can't stand it anymore. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I I feel you, man. It's it's strange and, and fascinating. The, I guess just to like tie the loop on the fucking box experiment, the whole idea was she dropped them many times in a row and the Mimosa Pudica stopped doing its shrink up thing because it realized that there wasn't actually a predator that was coming to hurt it anymore. Well, this is her hypothesis, not a predator coming to hurt it anymore, that this dropping motion was something that it learned. And I'm saying these words in fucking quotation marks, cause we have to have a conversation about what that means, but like learned that it, this thing, this drop motion that was freaking it out over and over again, wasn't actually going to hurt it. So it stopped closing up. But then those same plants she was able to take out of their drop box, shake them left and right in a completely Asshole. different, yeah, right. In a completely <laughs> different alone, disconcerting motion. And it would start doing it again. It would shrink back up again. It's traumatizing these poor pupusas or whatever they are. <laughs> Close. <laughs> you just, Mimosas. Mimosa Pudica became pupusa in your yeah, mind. Well, you know. Isn't that mimosa a drink anyway? This lady's drunk. This lady's, this lady's drunk she's, on plants. She's just hammered and shaking plants. And I'm drunk on plants. <laughs> That's what her website should be. Drunk on plants. Not biz. It should be a. It should be research associate professor and evolutionary. I'm drunk on plants. <laughs> I learned today that you can have the uh, what's the what's the little suffix thing of a of a of a web address called like the dot com or the dot org or the dot biz um, or the dot um, info. Um, Oh God! People are yelling this into their into their podcast right now. What the fuck is that called? Yelling it into their podcast. What is the dot extension? Extension um, is that what it's called? Yes. Uh, I there's, learned there's another name for it too, but 
uh, no, that's mm, whatever. I learned that you can have a dot LOL website today. That true? Yes. Oh boy, we got some domain buying to do. Yes, we do. Hey, quick, quick Spencer aside. Spencer and Ryan dot LOL. Oh my <laughs> it's, God. It's our new website. Fuck, it should be, <laughs> or at least have a redirect. Uh, speaking of good redirects, I definitely, uh, I definitely renewed robotgrandma.biz uh, oh, yesterday because robotgrandma.biz, A, is a very funny joke, B, a great t-shirt you can buy on our store, and C, a really great way to redirect if you don't want to type whatifpodcast.com into your uh, into your browser. It's a good way to get to our website. Did you see the woman who tweeted at us because she was just listening to that episode for the first time? Oh, and she thought we were joking about the shirts? Yeah, and then went to the website and we actually had them? Yes. So it actually worked for one person and just pissed off like the thousands of people that listened to that episode and then had to wait six months for us to for actually, us make, actually make that shirt. That's true. But That's for true. one lady, we fucking nailed it. We nailed it. She was like, ha ha, what a good joke. Oh my God, they're here now. Yep. How's that for timing? Uh, um, the the other crazy thing about the drop experiment, uh, just from Monica, was that she actually tried to do the drop experiment on those same plants about 28 days later to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. And they still closed up, but they stopped closing up much faster than they did the first time she started doing the drop experiment. So they... They had retained information. Is that is that what we're supposed to? I mean, again, like the hypothesis would be in their plant brains. They were initially more, you know, initially they were more like traditional in their reaction to the thing, but then more quickly loosened up to realize that it was not something that was going to hurt them. This is a prank. I'm I saying feel, all these. I can feel it down in my seeds. I'm feeling out of my plums. <laughs> I, I can. I'm, it's weird because I'm saying Sorry, all these information. Anthrop- anthropomorphic words about plants like learn and realize and think and feel, and they're really, really weird. Like they feel uncomfortable coming out of my mouth when I say them, but also I don't know what else to call them. Yeah, we don't have a, a good set of vocabulary for uh, intelligent plant life. No, we don't. That's what we're here for, Ryan. This is our. This is our <laughs> mission. This is our calling in life. Uh, to talk about plants? To develop a a common set of, of language to talk about how intelligent plants are. Okay. And how we shouldn't keep them in captivity anymore because they're sentient beings. I think most of them aren't in captivity based on our whole 99% biomass. Well, we're thing. off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, we nailed it! Our, our new goal at the What If Podcast is to liberate houseplants. I mean... Operation Free Yo Plums. Free Yo Plums. <laughs> we're coming to your house. We're breaking in your windows. We're just, just throwing some plants outside. And we're throwing and your house plants in the street. <laughs> um, okay, so along those lines, because yeah, it feels like about the right time. What what is happening, and is it is it quote unquote intelligence or yeah aware or sentient or whatever human centric word you want to put on it sure like we're at a point where we're talking about other things being intelligent for the first time in our development and making artificial intelligence and recognizing that certain animals are quote-unquote intelligent and aware yeah the so i do want to this this contributes really well to what you just said so i'm gonna tell one more very very short mini story okay about a woman named suzanne samard who is a professor of forest ecology at uh, the University of British Columbia. Okay. And um, I won't tell the whole story. I'll say go watch her TED Talk because she has a really, really great TED Talk about the subject of plant communication. But she's basically one of the first people to discover. She basically used radioactive carbon and put like bags over trees, injected the bags with radioactive carbon, and then tested the trees around it to see if the carbon would actually make its way into the trees. And in the future, these people are all going to be tried for war crimes just against plants. Just awful. Yeah, mm-hmm. just just, just fuck your plant. Um, the trees are going to get some ro- robot lawyers. Irradiating plants. Yeah, just straight up torturing trees. Yeah, the trees are going to get robot lawyers and they're going to murder Coming all the Coming for humans. that ass. I, we, we've earned every cent of it. Um, but But the long and short of it is... Not only does it happen between same species of trees, but it happens between different species of trees that they actually can share carbon through the root floor in forests. 
it's that whole uh, micro. I don't even know how to fucking pronounce it. Mycorrhizal, mycori. I believe in you. you mycorrhizal network, I think, is what it is. Okay. M y c o r r h i z a l network, and it's basically sounds close enough to me. It's basically a plant fungus that lives in many forest floors uh, that connects the roots together and passes carbon in and out of different tree species depending on how shaded they are or or what time it is. You got their own neural time net down is, there, bro. I, I mean, that's kind of what it is. And and when I'm when I'm thinking about the question that you just asked just about more worms and bugs and stuff right. going through it. Right. But like when you ask a question like what's really happening, I think about that and I go, is, you know, is it something has to be saying come from here into here or come from here into here. You lost me. Like if this if this tree needs more carbon to survive, it's pulling carbon up from the plant floor. And if this one needs some back, it pulls it back up. Like we know through like studies of these networks that that's sort of how it works. That doesn't have to be an intelligent process though. It doesn't exactly, but that's what I'm trying to say is like I don't understand what it, I mean is it just drawing upon what I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because, okay, for the last, let's just get like real out and philosophical for the last couple minutes here. Intelligence is, according to like a dictionary definition, the ability to acquire and apply knowledge and or skills. Yes. Do we have evidence that that is happening with plants? I mean... Like kind of? of like you like uh, you know the whole if okay so if a plant can be dropped multiple times and its fight or flight reflex be triggered for a while and then it realizes it doesn't need to either fight or fly and then stops providing that <laughs> plant can can fl- fight people and fly well you know what I'm saying can squish itself up a little bit. Squish itself up a little bit. Yeah. It's not really really fighting or okay. The hide reflex. Um, what else is that? Yeah. It it would seem that it has gained some information, acquired some information and is using that to no longer do something. Made a decision based on, well, I know it's weird to say the senses, right? There is a visible reaction that appears to be linked to that. Yes. And is new. Yes. Assuming that these studies are done in the ways that they are said to have been done. Sure. And that all other potential variables have been eliminated. Which I'm only saying because we've seen that that is not the case in a lot of these studies that were cited for a long time. Definitely. So... If that is indeed what is happening, I think that does demonstrate some amount of intelligence. And that changes everything. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like saying something so simple changges everything. Yes. Yeah. And like, is it that different from like single celled organisms that will seek out, quote unquote, seek out nutrients? move towards areas where there are more nutrients, move away from areas where there are less. Is it that different from molecules in our atmosphere moving from areas of high pressure to low pressure to create an equilibrium? Like that's not, we don't call that intelligence. No, but I think in, in most of those cases, I feel like there is a, um, there's like a chemical or environmental, or like there's a there's a reason there's like a physical reason that that thing is forcing that thing into that space mm-hmm. whereas like a differing pattern of behavior to to benefit a plant or its surrounding plants a, a change in behavior based on like new information i guess to me feels more like there's more intent behind it. Like it's more intentional. 
Everything I'm saying sounds ludicrous as I say it, but I don't know what else to do with that type of like knowledge. I guess what I'm getting at is like, we don't really know what causes that reaction in the first place. So could there just be a principle in, in play that we are not yet aware of and, and that's what's causing that reaction and also causing delays or changes in that reaction over time and in different settings like there, there are so many with this dropping the plants thing. There are so many possible variables. There, there yes. are the humidity in the room could have changed. The temperature in the room could have changed. The amount of light they were receiving. The amount of you know, like there are there are so many other possible explanations here. Just because we don't know how it's happening doesn't mean that it's some weird intelligent anthropomorphic thing that's happening. Yes. Uh, maybe, you know, they're responding to, uh, a, it's a chemical reaction to something on our skin or, you know, like there are so many possibilities. I feel you. None of which were, I I don't know if those were all like examined and eliminated and accounted for. I feel you. But okay. So, and it's always presented in a way of like, whoa, what if plants are super smart? Because that's more entertaining. And then we talk about it on our stupid ass podcast. I feel you. But I think even if you put that shit aside and you look at some of the studies done with like the, the word I can't say, mycorrhizal network stuff, like they've, they've done studies that show that like these fungal fucking neural networks, fucking highways can send carbon, phosphorus, nitrogen, water, defense compounds, allelochemicals, and, and like all Did kinds you say of fucking chemicals. Allelo, like, it like says? Cocaine? Yeah. <laughs> they got to do a handshake first though. I But like they like the fact that the I guess okay, so I I know this is maybe a little bit different from like the intelligence conversation, but to me the fact that fucking trees in a forest can share all of those things. And I mean, literally share as in I had one 12 feet up. I had one molecule, this 12 feet up inside of my trunk and it made its way out of that and up the trunk of another tree because it needed it more than I did. Even if that is like a a purely like resourcing dynamic of I have more of this and you have less of this and somehow through it's going to, find its equilibrium it's gonna find its equilibrium the fact that the fact that plants and trees share an equilibrium across potentially thousands and thousands of acres of forest that alone to me is like "Ah, well you know know who doesn't do that human beings well right and that's also an interesting thing about it i mean we do in certain communities but not very well usually not very well usually and I think that's also why it's so impressive and interesting to me is because it is, you know, in, in a world where any any living thing is reliant purely on self-preservation, like seeing these things enact trading, <laughs> not even trading, like just fucking yeah. sharing. I mean, they're literally sharing sep- separate from each other. Like that concept to me is fucking fascinating. I think it brings up some interesting ideas about what is consciousness and what is intelligence too because it's always we inherently obviously view it through our our own human set of uh, biases but like I, I think there is something to the idea that we don't really understand what consciousness is and that yes. it's probably a much broader thing than how we usually define it or don't define it yeah I mean I think we do have a super limited like well, do you have a brain? Right. You can only you can only you can only have a thought if you have a brain because your that's thoughts are it. stored in your brain. You can only know something because you've got information that is logged there. You can only sense the need for something if you have fucking skin and eyes and a nose. Because that's how we do it. Because yeah. that's how we do it. Although there are some cultures and people in the world that would tell you that, of course. Plants and animals are conscious and aware. And communicating all the time. Yeah. I mean, dude, like fucking, one of the things I stumbled on while I was researching for this episode, do you know that like the smell of fresh cut grass is actually 
a stress chemical released by grass from being cut. Like, that's crazy to me that that scent is literally a plant releasing a chemical that when when distributed amongst it actually like toughens up the fucking other species of that plant around it. Yeah. That's crazy. Bushes do that. There's head, there's like certain hedge species that do that. There's a, uh, this is in South Africa and there was a species of deer that were dying and, uh, scientists couldn't figure out why they were just dying without like any apparent cause. Yeah. And it turned out that one of the the plants that they grazed on, when over over consumed to like what it determined somehow to be dangerous levels, yep. releases some chemical that is actually harmful and if consumed in large enough quantities, fatal to the animals that eat it. And but it only happens after the certain threshold where it's being like overgrazed. And so there was too high of a concentration of these deer in one area that were grazing on this one plant and it started releasing this chemical that killed like hundreds of these deer. And eventually and it was a self-preservation mechanism. Yeah. And I and I guess to me I go like whatever our definition is of consciousness or intelligence, it's probably too narrow. It's that to me is too that that to me again I think I go back to the concept of like that thing tried to survive. And succeeded and at succeeded. that. Yeah. And I don't know how. And communicated in a not the most direct way as we would normally be used to, but communicated with at least two other species what it wanted to have happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know. No, but I mean, I think, but I think what that's. It, what it was required for it to survive. Right. I mean, like when a fucking, if you are on an African safari and you fucking run up on a, a, a pride of lions, like you're going to get roared at. And that's that lion's way of being like, don't fuck with me, please. You yeah. know, yeah. sometimes that thing might kill you first. And that's a way of communicating a thing. And like a plant is capable of killing a bunch of fucking deer because it's communicating to you. Hey, please don't fuck with me anymore. I'm not really interested in it. Yeah. Like that level of self-preservation, however we want to categorize it's where it comes from. That to me, that level of self-preservation is intention, which to me feels far closer to intelligent than not. Plants are smart, guys. Fucking A. We out of here! Hey, guys, we love you. Uh, we're going to Denver. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy, it's only a few days away. Yeah. Uh, we're going to see Linda Moulton Howe and David Politis. We sure are on Saturday. If you have questions you would like to uh, have us ask, you can send us them at hi at whatifpodcast.com or leave us a voicemail at 612-246-4614. Disregard the imposter British lady. And you and you go, you bring it home. You, you say what fucking you gotta send say. It, bro. Just fucking send it. We'll, we'll see you on the other side, guys. Love you. Bye. We'll be back next week with another episode of the What If Podcast. Learn more at www.whatifpodcast.com.